I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. Today, we're going to just skip the intros because we have a really special guest joining us today. Um, I met Victoria um, back in November, back at Annalise's first mastermind that she had in lacrosse. And I remember seeing you from across the room, Victoria, because you had on this beautiful red jumpsuit. And I think everyone was just like immediately drawn to you. And you're like, who is this girl? And once you start talking to Victoria, like you'll understand that. <laughs> her outfits match her personality and she was just the sweetest thing and then we got to talking at her at Annalise's last mastermind which was um it'll be two weekends ago now and your story is just so inspirational so I reached out to you again and I'm like hey you got to come on the podcast so Victoria thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and I'm just going to throw you right into the hot seat right away so tell us your name where you're from what do you do and just a little bit of your story. Sure, um, Victoria Mastardi. Um, I bounced around a little bit as a kid, I, but I say I grew up in Madison. Like that's where I went to high school um, and that's where I met my husband and we then moved to Milwaukee. And then since Milwaukee, we've now moved way up north. Um, might as well be Alaska. Um, <laughs> So that's where, that's where we're at. We're at now. Um, so, so growing up, you, you were mentioning that you live um, kind of in the suburbs and now you are in the middle of nowhere. What life choices brought you to the middle of nowhere? What, what kind of clicked for you that you just kind of said, you know what, I'm sick of the city life. Let's, let's change things up. Um, a few things, uh, it had been a series of events that I kind of rode in tandem, um, with this dream that I had. Um, so, um, things had happened and I was starting to question a lot of things and sort of brought me to my knees. Um, and I just started praying and asking for guidance in the right direction and, <clears throat> I had, I, I had a dream one night, um, and I woke up and I told my husband, um, that we needed to pack up and, and go all the answers to all my questions were kind of fulfilled or answered in the said dream. And, um, he was like, okay, um, let's sit down. Let's write the honey do list. We'll get the house on the market in spring. Um, and, and I said, nope, we, we are being commanded to leave like now. <laughs> and um, he grabbed my hand and said, okay. So we called the realtor and um, the house is up on the market that weekend and sold that weekend. And then we had nowhere else to go. <laughs> now we're like, now what? <laughs> What's the dream, honey? Where, where are we going? <laughs> So were you nervous if you didn't act right then that you would have changed your mind? Like, did, was this all one conversation? You're like, listen, honey, I had this, I had this dream. We need to go. 
we need to do this right now. Like, was this all within like a 24 hour period or was it like a little bit of time or was it just like snap decision? Let's do this. Um, from when I woke up and told him, yeah, it was been like a 24 hour, like we need to do this. Like I, I, we called the realtor that afternoon. And okay. The, the part, like I, I fully understand that's how my brain works too. What I can't come to grips with is how your husband was okay with that. Like, <laughs> where did you find this man? And are there, does he have a twin? Like, does he have a clone of himself? Because that's, that's like, honestly, the most amazing part of your story is that your husband was just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> he is honestly, he is a keeper. Um, we've been together for so long. Um, like, so like, honestly, um, to just like a side story, we were just going over calendars just the other day and we're like, I feel like something's missing. <laughs> like one of these weekends, like something really important is missing. And we just couldn't figure it, figure it out, figure it out. And then, um, I was talking through calendar dates with, um, my mom and she's like oh well that'll be your anniversary blah, blah, blah. And I was like that's it so both of us were like we forgot our anniversary we've been together for so long we just trust each other um and we've been through so many um life events I guess you could call it too even at such a young age um we we together um both experienced something very traumatic um that kind of makes or breaks a couple I guess and I don't know it just made us I don't know <laughs> that's that's really that's really special and something to admire in and of itself so you don't have to say exactly where you're from because I don't like doing that either but what made you decide on the location that you wound up in where you kind of looking for properties or did you kind of had this idea already that you wanted to end up kind of way way up in the middle of nowhere or like how did you land where you landed so we just driving around and um <laughs> literally <laughs> around um there were a few that like I had we worked with a friend who's a realtor and I drove this man and Mitch my husband like all over Wisconsin, like we ping pong over Wisconsin in two weekends. I think we just kind of bounced around. And then the property that we're at right now, I had found and we were, I was looking at pictures and I was showing Mitch and the photos were just so bad. Mind you, like one of the barns was set up like a bingo hall and the, the living room was a salon. Um, I don't think I've ever told anyone that, but the living room was actually a salon when we moved in. Um, <laughs> it was bad. Um, but, and he's like, I'm not going there. Like, I'm not, I'm not going, no. Um, but I drug him here anyways. And it was, it's off. Like, I call it my cousin Eddie house. It's like <laughs> everything. The, I mean, the realtor, when he was walking through, he was looking at Mitch because they both know, like, the more of a disaster of the place, the more I'm going to fall in love with it. So he was like, good luck. And sure enough, I stood in this back room. That's just all these windows overlooking the property and the house is falling down. The roof is paving. Like there's 
water gushing in last winter. Um, the walls are crooked. There's duct tape everywhere. I mean, um, and but you can't beat that view, mm -hmm. right? And I looked at Mitch and he's like, oh no. And I was like, yeah, yes. I was like, the house we can change, but the property we can't. Like, so so then we, yeah, we just we bought it and we've been fixing it up ever since. And it's been an adjustment too, because the house that we sold, our dream house, was a big house. It was over 3,000 square feet. And this is just a 700 square foot, one bedroom. <laughs> falling down falling down the hill <laughs> but I love it I love it so much <laughs> do you have any regrets about the house yeah maybe I should save that for the final question if you have any regrets about anything but okay so you bought this rinky dink shacky house but the, mm -hmm. the property is beautiful what was your next step once you finally landed here, what, what was your gut? What was your heart telling you to do once you landed in your property? Survive the winter. Uh, <laughs> so you moved in winter? Mm -hmm. We moved, um, yeah, at the beginning of winter. So uh, when we were unloading the trucks, it was blizzarding. And that was like one of the few, I didn't have many breakdowns or like, what am I doing moments? But that was one of them because all of my canvas paintings were like getting, th you know, thrashed in the wind and the blizzard. And I was like, this is awful. But we got over it. <laughs> you are a trooper. So did you, you, have you ever set foot on a farm before you moved up here? uh like not like a real no no I'm just gonna say like no um <laughs> no we do those things that like people do in the city suburbs around fall like the pumpkin patch and the corn maze like pet the donkeys and you like feed the goat like I can't believe I used to pay some like to feed a goat because <laughs> I mean, it's just, um, no. And then I think I went to a, a dairy farm like once um, just to like, I, I don't know, we were invited to take a tour, but I mean, no, <laughs> no farms. So did you, what, what was your vision? Like um, maybe what was like your five year plan once you kind of got your feet set and, and kind of settled in your home and you survived the winter, what did the next few months, what did the next year or two look like for you in your, in your mind? Um, it was going to be this picturesque, you know, <laughs> Hot and bread and fresh bread all the time, like little house on the prairie. Uh, no, yeah, like yeah, like all those really big influencers, you know. And uh, yeah, it was going to be gorgeous. Blue skies, the flowers were gonna come, uh, big garden, and <laughs> that's right. Um, but I, I knew I wanted goats. That was like the one livestock that I, I like hands down knew I wanted to get. So that was probably my, my first goal was convincing husband to buy goats. <laughs> so, um, 
Yep. So then, then I got him to say yes to the goats and then we got pigs and then, and then I just kept getting, the animals just kept getting bigger, you know? So <laughs> it's like, no, it's art. You just need two of everything and then you'll be all set. Yeah. So you have goats now. How was the, how is that? Was that a good first animal farm animal to start with? Cause I'm assuming you've had pets before. So you knew like the basic care of an animal. How was that different going from like a dog or a cat to a goat? Oh, that nobody's asked me that in that way before. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it, I don't know the best way to ask that question. No, that, it's, it, it was interesting. Um, well, my our first, very first experience was kind of a, a sad one, like, because we're unfamiliar with the farm life, um, we had to learn everything the hard way. Like, there's only so much you can read. Uh, and trust me, I've read all the books. I've watched all the YouTube videos. I follow all the people on the social media, um, but there's just a lot of lessons that you're just going to learn yourself the hard way that you're not going to read about. And um, that that's livestock is definitely, you know, um, so our, my first experience with the goats, we lost them right away. <clears throat> and that was so tragic for me. Like that was my first loss on the farm. And so in relation to a dog, I, I, I mourned that loss as if it were my pet, even though I only had it for a couple or them for a couple of weeks. Um, so that, that was really hard. Um, but then it kind of just, it, it gets a little easy. It gets a little easy. I don't know. The lessons, the loss. I don't know. I have ginormous dogs too. So I guess I was used to like the size. They weren't different in any way. And my so did you kind of have like that mindset shift right away that you can't really view your livestock like you do pets? Because I feel like that would be the hardest thing for me. And that's why I don't really want to get like chickens or like whatever else is because I feel like I would get too attached. So if something did happen. It would just be like this traumatic thing and you know like like you would lose a pet but obviously it's not the same so is that like your first big kind of pivotal learning moment or like how you could separate the two I guess exactly exactly um because at first they were kind of like oh they're so cute right and, and you love them and the whole family is involved and we love all of our livestock, even, even our chickens are pampered. Um, <clears throat> you know, they say, don't name your cattle or whatever. And, you know, everybody's got a name. I mean, they just have, they have personalities. You can't not name them. Um, and so we do still love them and care for them, but yeah, you learn pretty kind of why I never wanted to. I think I, why I surprised a lot of people, owning livestock or being a farmer because I am very emotional. I am an animal lover and I do baby my dogs. Um, and so people, you know, it's hard. Like my family will say like, I don't understand how you can do all of that. Like, how can you, 
people got the pigs and they were piglets. I'm like, aren't they so cute? And you know, my brother's like, you just called him cute. Like, but you're planning on, and I was like, yeah, but like, I know it's weird. You just have to, I don't know. You just kind of dive into it. And, and all of a sudden it doesn't mean you don't love them. Um, you just I still see, love them. You just have to see the bigger picture and, and know their role on the farm and their they role have a, in your house, except for the final product is out in your house, you know? They have a purpose. And my, my thing here is I feel honored um, to raise the animals under my care and on my property and steward the land and the livestock. And I try with all of my might that every day for any living creature on the property is going to have the best day. They will only get one bad day. Only one, just one. And it's a bad day for me too. But they only have one bad day. And, and, and we praise, we praise God for its life. And, and it's been a experience, but it's very humbling too. It's very humbling. So I, I really admire that because I don't know if a lot of people have that mindset in your position. Um, and it's really, satisfying as someone who's like grown up in the agriculture community like that's something that we always pride ourselves on is just how well we are stewards of the land and take care of everything so for you to just go from you know nothing to like full in and have that appreciation is is really special and I think it might it's it's pretty unique too so that's really cool to hear I really I really appreciate that so okay you got you got goats you got chickens. What else do you have, and what's on your what's on your wish list? <laughs> we had we um, had two pigs. Um, oh, pigs! Yes. Yep. yep. Um, but uh, yeah, and then and then we've got and we've got cattle. <laughs> how how is that going? <laughs> I mean, beef cattle, like how far into your beef journey are you? Um, I got the beef cattle at the end of August, beginning September. So, uh, what is that like seven, eight months, maybe? Yeah. And and you're, you're doing okay? I'm doing okay now. Like we have kind of a routine. <laughs> um, the beginning was a little stressful, but you know, what journey isn't? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Are you going to expand your herd at all? Are you going to keep it? Small? We, uh, no. We're gonna we're gonna try to downsize it just a little bit, just a little bit. So um, out of okay, <laughs> so, I lost them on day one, but but I got them back. But besides that story, <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> this one. Remember in December when we had like the Arctic freeze and it was yeah. negative 40, 50 degrees. Yeah, all of my supposedly open heifers <laughs> started calving on me. And so now, oh no. So I, I don't know what to do. So so now yeah. So it was it was bad. Uh, 
<laughs> like we're out there and it's like 60 mile hour winds, ice blizzard, negative 40 degrees. And I'm just trying to make sure everyone's surviving and thriving. And Mitch looked down and he's like, that's a calf. Where did this come from? <laughs> that's a calf. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. That, that one threw me. So how did you learn what to do? Like what? I would have no idea. Did you just <laughs> books? Did you watch YouTube videos? Like how did you know what to do in a blizzard to take care of a fresh, still wet calf? Like that's a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure. Um, luckily, um, since moving up here, I have befriended um, a fellow farmer who raises um, beef cattle, a similar breed to mine. And then Mitch also, his really good friend, raises beef cattle. And so we were both like, I was like, Katie, what do I do? He's all, Kyle, what do I do? <laughs> and then we kind of regrouped. And I was like, Katie says this, and house says this. And I'm like, I'm painting in the middle. So we're like. <laughs> That's good. Your, your best allies are going to be your, your neighbors and your other farm friends. So I'm glad, I'm glad you have that because I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that would be. Well, yeah, you, I mean, the worst thing you want to do is start Googling it. Right. And then you've got like a thousand different, I don't know, perspectives and I only needed just one or two <laughs> that I could trust. So do you have any, are you, do you, did you start your garden yet? Is that in full swing what what are your um what are your plans for you're like full homesteader at this point right yeah well yeah that's yeah that's the goal kind of yeah I'm trying not to leave <laughs> so this is a forever property new forever home right I can't it's a little too soon to move I mean <laughs> that was stressful uh, I told Mitch, you're just going to bury me up on the cross with the owner's previous mama or something. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm too tired. <laughs> That's fair. Did, were you saying that you have a greenhouse? No, um, I would love, I would love one. Um, I tried gardening last, last summer. It would be our, our first some full summer up here and nothing grew. And I was, I was devastated, but I thought maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm in a higher mood. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I was out to dinner with a couple ladies in the area and they're like, oh no, sweetheart, you're not zone four, you're zone three, like three B, like the worst of the three, like not even three A. You're like, you know, and, and I was I almost started crying that night. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you can grow beans and squash. And I was like, I don't want to grow beans and squash. <laughs> um, so now, now we're trying to build some hoop houses. And um, so as soon as my 10 feet snow melt, I will get those up and going. And it'll probably be a learning curve again this summer. But at least now I know. <laughs> and yeah. At least now you know. I mean, I feel like, yeah, that would throw anybody off because soil is not great in zone 3B. Right. But you can, you can send it in and get it tested so you can see like what you have, like what your, your makeup is of the soil. And then you can maybe kind of correct it with like lime or whatever else. Maybe if that 
yeah for you too but walk me through what a hoop house is um it's uh the the, the plastic I'm not good it's like <laughs> it's not the glass uh like a greenhouse it would be like the glass and control I don't know someone's probably gonna yell at me and be like you got this all wrong um but the who so what we're doing though is we're we're gonna make some uh, we're gonna frame out the bottom and then use the cattle panel fencing and then um we're gonna zip i don't know how you tie mitch has all the plants but we'll then we'll put the plastic over the over the cattle fencing and then so it's kind of like a greenhouse yeah kind of like a greenhouse but a little bit different okay so in with that can you keep things like how do you keep it warm in the winter do you need to put in like a a wood burning furnace type thing or like are you going to keep it going all winter or is it just mostly like early spring into fall we'll, we'll see about putting a wood burning furnace in there to keep it warm in the in the winter, I I just really need something to extend our season um, because right now I can't put anything in the ground until June, and then honest to Pete, it snows here at the end of September. Like it snowed here in September this year. <laughs> um, so you know October is kind of like it. So our, our growing season is really short. So I just need something to extend it. Sure. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> what, what has been the scariest thing about this, your entire journey? Because to me, it sounds very stressful and a little bit of anxiety involved, but for you, what has been like your, what has been like your, oh no, what have I done moment or like just the scariest part of this entire process? Is there one thing that just like immediately jumps out to you or like one big thing, like a collaborative thing? Um, when I lost the cattle, that was my one, like, what, what did I do? Like, I, I was ready to check out at that point. <laughs> I was, I, I almost ready to check out. Like if we hadn't gotten them back, I would probably I don't know if I would have thrown the towel in, I'd probably still be up here, but I would have just called it done with the goats. <laughs> how, how is your relationship with your goats? Are you glad that they were your first purchase, your first, I don't want to say test, tester, but are you glad that you started with goats, not something smaller like chickens? Oh, I did start with chickens. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> yeah. Oh are the gateway drug to homesteading yeah yeah mm -hmm. but you're happy with the goats I am happy with the goats yeah I love them a lot they've got quite the personality um and yeah they're, they're just kind of like the perfect size um it was a different um so I kitted for the first time ever in January and that experience was way different than calving uh <laughs> you know especially with beef cattle um because they know you and they trust you and it was way more hands-on and kind of enjoyable if you will like 
where the beef cattle, you're kind of like running for your, your life. Uh, <laughs> don't hurt me, don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so they're, they're fun and they're, they greet me every morning and yeah. So do you, do you keep the babies or do you sell them? Um, right now we're, we're keeping them. It's just the two and right now we, we're just keeping them. <laughs> Cute. Um, okay. So, so you're, you just jumped in and you just did the thing. If someone who is just been kind of like tossing around the idea of, should I do this? Should I not? Um, I mean, it's a big decision and it's, it's so mind blowing that you're just like woke up one day and you're like, yes, this is, this is what we're doing. <laughs> what advice would you give for someone who might have a little bit more time on their hands making this decision? And is there any research or any advice or anything you would suggest to someone to kind of prepare themselves for this it's, it's a complete 180 of the lifestyle that you had before. So how would you tell someone to kind of prep for this change or to get ready? Or was it best to just dive in and just, just do it? I don't think you're ever really going to be like the lifestyle change that we, we made. The more you sit and think about it, the more you're going to come up with excuses um, that goes with like anything in life. Like, even if you're thinking of starting the business, the more you sit and you're like, the more you're like, the what if, what if, what if, um, so advice, I just, you know, it sounds cliche, but if, if then just do it, fail forward. Um, there is no amount of book that's going to prepare you for any of it. Like, none of it. It, it. It's a hands-on learning experience. And that's the only way you learn. And I think we, I think I knew that deep down, like I was kind of done reading the books. Like, let's just, you got to jump in at some point. Um, what I think people don't realize though, is at least in my experience, your new life is going to cost you your old life. And that was a trade that we were willing to make. Um, has it always been easy? No, but um, it's been worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand that. My husband, he, um, he lived down in Chicago. He lived up in a larger city than where we're at now. And I think for him, the hardest part was leaving kind of all of his friends behind and, and, you know, when they are off doing stuff and they invite him, it's like, well, I can't, it's, it's too far or, you know, I can't just drop everything and go do what you're doing. So for him, it was like the social aspect being surrounded by so many people all the time to literally just me and my family. That's, that's a hard change is just being so secluded and having to rely on so much on, you know, your spouse and your family for, literally everything, entertainment, you know, socializing. Um, that's, that's a big one. Is there anything that you, is there anything that you, I guess, really miss or wish that you still had from like the city with you now? Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Is there anything really big that you miss like that? Um, 
good food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good food. I'm a homebody and um, I married an Italian boy who is phenomenal in the kitchen. So, um, but it, there is, there's no restaurant up here. There is no um, takeout. There is nothing. There's a few supper clubs, um, but we're foodies and growing up in Madison or even, you know, in Milwaukee, like there is a plethora of restaurants of any, you know, combination ethnicity of your choice. And it's, there's nothing up here. Yeah, you probably go and you ask someone up there like, oh, where's like the nearest Thai restaurant or something? And they look and laugh like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. I I totally understand. We are like five miles outside of a village of 300 people. So I I get it. There's there's a lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <sighs> okay. So now I will ask you what has been this will kind of like wrap things up. What has been the biggest reward for you since moving? And do you have any regrets or is there anything that you would have done differently? The biggest reward would be, oh man, I don't, I feel like I've become so humbled in this lifestyle. not that I wasn't grateful for anything before, but it's so hard to put into words, <clears throat> especially when you work with the stock and you work with the land. And um, it's just a very humbling experience. And I'm grateful that my children get to be a part of this experience. So what's interesting to me is I get to watch them grow up in this beautiful landscape and watch them do all these fun things and but they're also watching me grow up in a way and they're learning from me through me and from my mistakes and I think that's really cool and that's kind of my favorite part like there's a lot of lessons learned a lot of failures some wins and they get to watch Mitch and I experience all of those we experience them as a family and knowing that the little eyes are on me, especially when I fail and watching how I handle that and navigate through that. Um, that's been rewarding. So that's my favorite part, just having them under my wing. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I would change anything. I kind of like the messy journey. I kind of, I don't know if I would change, you know, even all the mistakes, I would do it all. I would do it all again in the same way. (laughs) Oh, I love that. You, you have such a fun story and I appreciate you coming on here today and, and sharing a little bit of it. Um, that, that's just such a, it's such a crazy, like, I, I still can't get over the fact that you're, you just had a dream and you're like, yes, let's do this. And you did it and you are just succeeding and, and to hear your stories every time um, we get to chat, it's just, it's just like, you did what? Like, you did, <laughs> did what? No, <laughs> like, it's just so cool. So thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, if people want to follow along with your journey on social media, where can they find you at? Sure. Um, it's just my name, Victoria.mostardi on Instagram. Um, 
I think I have a Facebook page, but I'm never on there. So if you've requested me, <laughs> I like have like 3000 notifications. I just don't know. So <laughs> I will, <laughs> I, I don't mess with Facebook. I will link your Instagram in our show notes below. So if you're interested in following along with Victoria, you can click there. Um, but before I let you go, we like to end on some just random rapid fire questions that I haven't thought about yet. Okay. So are you ready? Are you ready? Sure. What is your favorite dish that your husband makes you? Oh, 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 <laughs> it's supposed to be rapid fire. I know, man, he is so good. But like, I'll look in the kitchen, I'm like, we have nothing to eat. And he'll find five weird ingredients. And he, it's like this gourmet, this gourmet meal. Um, he's just really good with any kind of pasta dish. Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. So do, does he still have family in Italy or is he far enough removed where that's not a connection anymore? No, he still has extended family over in, in Italy, but most of his uh, family that he talks to on a daily basis is still down in the Chicago area. Okay, so um, let's see. Are you a fan? Okay, this is, this is a given question. Are you a fan of chocolate milk? Oh, yeah, chocolate milk's good, yeah. Okay, have you gotten chocolate milk? <laughs> Um, quick trip because this is a big question if you are a team brown cap or team green cap for chocolate milk I have not had the chocolate milk from quick trip <laughs> okay next time you make it <laughs> next time so trip, you're gonna have to buy the little jugs they have little jugs of chocolate milk you're gonna have to buy a brown cap and a green cap close your eyes and taste them both and let us know which one you like better because this is a what heated is um is it whole milk milk whole milk okay percent okay okay all right don't don't judge before you try it okay i will i i want to try this now yes <laughs> do you have a quick trip up there uh no okay <laughs> well <laughs> so you're really far up there you're literally in alaska yeah basically <laughs> okay uh squeaky cheese curds or fried cheese curds oh I have to choose yeah fried. fried good choice yeah okay last question a real Christmas tree or a fake Christmas tree oh gosh we don't celebrate Christmas anymore but when we did it's it's real <laughs> okay <laughs> It was always real. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria, again, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it and your time. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. If you aren't following us on social media already, go ahead and follow us over at Forward Farming Podcast. You can find me over at Cranberry Chats and Becca is over at Becca Hilby. And if you haven't left us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or Facebook, we would really appreciate that. That always makes our day when we get little reviews from you guys. And um, you can try to find us on YouTube. We try to get these videos up. I'll try to get this video up uh, if the internet allows because 
Amish internet problems are real up here, but always appreciate you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week.